Amen and amen. I love that song. Tonight, uh, continuing a series, what the Bible says about tithing. Tithing. Pastor John, why are you talking about money again? Because it's in the Bible. Amen. And uh, I have, uh, oftentimes a preacher will be asked questions about tithing and about giving and about all of that. We just spent a whole uh, great conference talking about giving towards missions and things. But it's easy to get them confused and tithing has been out there and around forever. But uh, you get questions as a pastor. Uh, preacher, isn't tithing Old Testament? Isn't it, weren't we commanded to do that in Old Testament, like the Sabbath day and like uh, other things about you know, not eating ham sandwiches and things like that? Uh, and, and the truth is, is that it is in the Old Testament. Uh, and it can get easily confused, but let's find out what the Bible has to say and if tithing is really for us. Well, that's easy. You're a pastor. You're going to preach and say tithing's right. <laughs> I ask you to see through that and uh, understand my heart that I'm just trying to teach the Word of God to you. And I, I hopefully that you know my heart and you understand that at this point. But, but pastor, isn't, isn't it uh, uh, just simply a suggestion that we ought to give? And doesn't the Bible say some things about a man as he purposes in his heart, so shall he give? The New Testament does say that. But we're going to look at all that scripture. We're going to look at that scripture and we're going to find out exactly what God has to say with those things. And so I want to try and ask, uh, answer some questions because I've been getting questions from individuals. And hopefully this will be a help uh, to everybody. And so when you think of a passage of scripture that jumps out in your mind when we start talking about tithing, oftentimes we think of a place in the Old Testament. Anybody know? Anybody say it? Malachi, that's exactly right. And so let's go to Malachi chapter 3, and we'll start there tonight. Malachi chapter 3, and they said, where in the world is Malachi? It's the last book in the Old Testament. Malachi's over there. Hi, Malachi. Good to see you, buddy. Amen. Do you want to read this to us? He doesn't want to read this. All right, good. Um, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So uh, if you're in the Gospels, go to the left. Amen. If, you're, if you hit a book that you haven't read this year yet, probably go to the right. Amen? <laughs> It'll be in the minor, minor prophets there. Okay. Um, and Malachi. Malachi chapter 3 is a, a famous pa- a passage that we often think of when we talk about tithing. And let's read it together. Ma- Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 7, please. Malachi 3, 7. And uh, the Lord here is using Malachi to write to uh, the, the priests of the Old Testament here. The guys that would become the Pharisees of the New Testament, that same mentality. All right, look what he says in verse 7 of chapter 3. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. 
if I will not obey, open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. This is a, a very familiar passage here that we think of when we're talking about tithing. And what does God say? God says, yes, you're supposed to tithe. And, and yes, many people have robbed me of those tithes and offerings. Now, it's interesting that he says both words there, tithes and offerings. Okay, I'm, We're going to get to this a little bit in just a moment here. But a tithe is 10% of your increase. That's what tithe is, and the Bible teaches that. And we'll, again, we're going to get that, get to there. But offerings are above that 10%. Okay, now here it is. A lot of folks hold to that 10% and they're very, very much uh, stuck on that 10% where they break it down. And, and today they're going to give uh, $9.36 and one eighth of that, like the, like the gas company does, right? Um, it, is, it, it is how I was taught. And I have seen the example, and I believe it to be true, but this is my opinion. I'm giving you my opinion. I believe the tithe is where you start. God says, this is my requirement, but a man grows from there. It is my opinion, it is my belief, and this is what the Woolard household does, is we grow our tithe, we grow what we give to the church as we grow our faith promise. I don't like to go backwards, I like to go forwards. And I believe God wants me to do more as I go and as I, as I grow and as we develop and we, um, uh, as, we, as we age and as we uh, just move on in life, we try to grow with our faith promise. We also try to grow with our tithe, what we're giving to, uh, to the Lord's work here. And so a couple of things I want you to see. Notice here the tithe, very specifically here, uh, is talking about robbing God when we don't give it. But notice in verse 10 here, it says, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in where? Mine house. Notice that. That's important. God's about the local church. He always has been. Jesus Christ came and died for the church, rose for the church. He started the church. He's the head of the church. He's about the local church. And uh, you might think that uh, you might believe that you can give your tithes to just about anything and anywhere. You know, um, uh, I was, where was it? Where were we at? We were in a store and I heard some cash register say, would you like to donate 44 cents to some cause? Now you can do that, but that's not your tithe. That's not what God teaches. He says a tithe comes into mine house, comes into the local church. And uh, I believe that God does a great work through our local church as we give in faith to that local church, and then we can use, uh, use those tithes here for His glory. And notice that. And then He says, prove me. Prove me. Look at verse uh, 10 again. He says right in the middle here, And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. God said, I'm going to bless you if you tithe. Now, I believe that with all my heart because there have been times in my life where I wasn't tithing. And it's not, not as long as, I, as the other part that I have been tithing, and praise the Lord for that. But I've seen the blessing of God upon my life and upon my family. And it's not always um, money returned, 
But notice in verse number 11, he says, I will rebuke the devourer. Sometimes he's holding back the devil who wants to destroy what we're doing and, and, and make it hard for us in this life. And he says, I have a, my hand of blessing upon you when you're tithing. And um, I've heard preachers of old say this for many years, and I'm going to say it to you. You can't afford not to tithe. What in the world? Pastor John, you're talking about 10% of my increase? Yes, it's called faith. And obedience to God because it's out of faith. And that's Old Testament. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's figure this thing out. Pastor John, we're in Malachi. This is Old Testament. Isn't this Old Testament law? Isn't this what what Jesus came to fulfill and, and to move on past this? It is a part of Old Testament law. It's in Malachi here. Malachi, is Malachi in the Old Testament? Yes, it is. I was talking to Malachi over here. All right, good. Malachi, Malachi is in the Old Testament. Okay, good, good. Okay, now... In, in Leviticus 27, this is where, uh, I won't have you turn there, I'm just going to read the scripture. This is where God commands it to the Jews here. He says in, in 27 verse 30, he says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And verse 32 says, And concerning the tithe of the herd, or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. What he's saying there, he's saying whatever you get out of the field, what you're growing, and whatever you get out of your herds and your animals, that was their possessions, that was their wealth. And he says what you get out of that 10%, a tenth, will be holy unto the Lord. I find it interesting that even in the law, he teaches that that tithe should be given to a specific place, a specific people. In Numbers chapter 18, I'll read this to you. He says, But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Thus speak unto the Levites and say unto them, When ye take of the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer up an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. You know what he's saying? He said, he said right there to the, to the Levites. The Levites, was, the Levites were a tribe of Israel that were dedicated for the service of the Lord. They were not given provision of the land. They were not given a, a piece of Israel as a land. They were scattered abroad throughout the other tribes. But yet they did the service of the Lord in the Old Testament, and especially for the days before they came into the Promised Land, they took care of the tabernacle. And they're the ones that laid out the tabernacle and took care of all the pieces. You know, there was, a, there was a, all those little parts of the tabernacle that Moses and, and the Lord teaches us here in Exodus and Leviticus. And they took care of that. And here he's telling those people, it doesn't matter even if you're in my service, you give a tenth part. You know who he's preaching to? He's preaching to the, 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 the guy's on staff. He's talking to the preacher. He's talking to the pastoral staff. He says, you give a tenth part. Tenth part. He says, you're not, you're not void of that. Everybody gives a tenth part. Isn't God's math pretty good? Isn't 10% equal all across the board? It is. And so as, a, as, a, as your pastor, I have to lead by example saying, God told me even to give that tenth part. But again... That's still Old Testament, Pastor John. That's still Old Testament law, what you were just reading. It's easy to assume 
that that would be the case. Because I started looking up some of these words. I looked up, uh, Brother Williams, I looked up the word tithe. And then I looked up tithing. Okay? Two words there, same, same thought. I looked up these words tithe and tithing, and I found that there, there are th- 33 times in the Bible you'll find that word. 33 times. Of the 33, 26 times is in the Old Testament. And only 7 in the New Testament. And see, it's, it's a lot of Old Testament there. I looked up the word tenth, meaning the tenth part. Not, uh, not tenth just any time it was, but any time it dealt with an offering. The tenth is found 38 times in the Scriptures. And 36 of that 38 times is in the Old Testament. Only two times in the New Testament. Now here it is. Offering. I looked up the word offering. And out of 637 times the word offering is found in the Bible. 637 times. Only 623 are found in the Old Testament. Leaving 14 in the New Testament. It's very much so outweighed, isn't it? Well, in our eyes anyway. And so we could say, man, that's an Old Testament thought. That's an Old Testament idea. Now, would you go with me to Genesis 14, please? Genesis 14. Genesis chapter 14. Somebody help me tonight. When was the law given? To whom and where? To Moses, where? On Mount Sinai. That's correct. After the Red Sea, they're in the wilderness and God meets with them at Mount Sinai. He talks to the people. Go back and read that. In the teens, in the book of Exodus there, he talks to the people openly and they hear him. And then he calls Moses up to the mount. And then Moses comes back down off the mount. And then he goes back up on the mount. There's a lot that goes on there that we forget about. And he talks to the people and then he calls Moses up. And he lays out all these specifics and he gives the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. So I challenge you, if it's Old Testament law, then why do we find it before that? Why do we find it before that? Genesis chapter 14 is where I asked you to go. Look at verse 17. Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. This is when the kings of the north came down and they took Sodom and captured Sodom and, and, and all the cities around. And so, in Sodom was Lot. We know that. And they took all these guys captive and their families and all their possessions. Abraham uh, gets, gets the guys together and goes after them to rescue them. Okay? Notice verse 17. And the king of Sodom, I'm in Genesis 14, 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlaomer. Ched. Amen? His return from the slaughter of Ched uh, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shava, which is the king's dale. Now notice here, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now interesting. Think about this for a minute. I've, talked, uh, I've, I've spoke about Melchizedek several times since I've been your pastor. And Melchizedek is a very interesting man. In the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 7, the Bible says he is without father, he is without mother, he is without descent, he has no beginning of days nor end of days. That's what the Bible says about Melchizedek. Who is the only person, who is the only one that you know that is that way? That's God. Jesus. 
And Jesus is the, is the, the, the visual image, the, the uh, expressed image, the Bible says, of God, the, of, of God, period. Of God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son. He is all of the, of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's what Colossians says. And uh, I believe this to be a pre-incarnation of Jesus Christ. Now, preacher, you said that many times. What does that mean? I mean, this was Jesus in the form of a man before he came in Bethlehem. That's what I mean by that. A pre-incarnation. Incarnation is God in the flesh. Everybody with me? Yeah. He met Joshua before Jericho. Amen. He met Jacob by the river Jabbok. Uh, He was the fourth man in the fire. Amen. Amen. Okay, good. So Melchizedek, and I'm going to show you some more scripture about this in just a moment. Notice what he brings with him. Well, first of all, he's a king of Salem. Salem here means peace. After wartime, here comes a king of peace and brought forth bread and wine. Interesting that the Son of God would bring bread and wine. What does that represent? His body and his blood to come, right? God has so many pictures in the Old Testament of things to come. The New Testament says shadow of things to come. Points out pictures here. Let's continue here. Brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Look at verse 19. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now in our English, it's confusing. Did Melchizedek give tithes or did Abraham give tithes? Right? It says, and he gave him tithes of all. Well, the New Testament clarifies that. And I'm here to tell you, I'll show you that in a moment. But that's Abraham giving tithes to Melchizedek. So if Melchizedek has no father and no mother and no beginning of days, nor end of days, no descent, and we say that's Jesus Christ in the flesh, who is Abraham paying his tithes to? Jesus. You with me? He's paying his tithes to God. All right, now follow me here. I'm going to get, I'm get into more, some more here. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis 28. Here's the second time this word tithe is mentioned. Genesis 28. Now for sake of time, I'll just give you the brief background here. Jacob is at Bethel. Bethel is what he called the place he met with God when he was going to, up to his mother's house to find a wife. Well, he's running from his brother and running and all that. But he ends up finding uh, Rachel and Leah. He finds Rachel. He gets Leah and Rachel, right? We understand that. Okay, good. And so uh, he's on his way up there. He stops for the night to rest and God meets with him and he calls the place Bethel, the house of God. Everybody with me now? Look at Genesis 28. Verse number 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So who's Jacob vowing a vow to? To God. And he says, God, when you give me increase, I'll give you a tenth of all that. He's not talking to a Jewish priest. He's not even underneath the law here because the law's not even been given. He's talking to God and he says, if you give me increase, I'll give you a tenth. Interesting. Where did he learn that from? 
Think he learned that from granddaddy? Yeah, very possible, isn't it? All right, this is pre-Old Testament law here. Okay, all right, so we see that it's outside of law. But wait a minute, Pastor John, what about that verse in the New Testament that says we can give as we purpose in our heart? Well, let's go there. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. That's where the Bible teaches that. When, when, when folks say that, they are absolutely right. The Bible does say you can give out of the, as you purpose in your heart. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Look at verse 6 and 7, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. All right, the Bible says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Look at here, verse 7. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, or of, nor of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Well, there it is, Pastor John, right there. It's not 10%. New Testament says I can give as I decide in my heart before God. That is correct. However, you've got to read the context. This is not talking about tithe. It's not talking about tithe whatsoever. Look, notice with me the first verse of the chapter. Notice chapter 9, verse 1. For as touching the ministering to the who? Saints. Saints are people that are saved. And what he's talking about, he's talking about missionaries. For as touching the ministering to the saints... It is superfluous for me to write to you. In other words, it's excessive. I don't need to write this because you do well at this. That's what he's saying. Okay? And he goes on. He says, I, I brag about it. He says, I boast about how, how you do so well in this area of giving to missions and giving to, to other people. Look at verse number 9. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Notice verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but it is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Follow with me, verse 13. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for the professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. Distribution unto who? Unto them. He's talking about people. He's talking about saints. He's talking about missionaries. You with me? All right. Let's flip back one chapter here to chapter 8. Chapter 8 here. Look at verse 1. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Look at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, <clears throat> we, do, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift, that we would receive the gift, and take upon us the fellowship of the, what? Ministering to the saints. And, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first, watch this now, 
but first gave their own selves to who? To the Lord and unto us by the will of God. You see that? They gave of themselves to God first and then to the saints, the missionaries here, um, above and beyond that. Okay, so when when somebody tells you that we're supposed to give as we purpose in our heart, that's for the area of missions giving. That's exactly why we just had faith promise missions so that we could commit as we purpose in our heart that God wants us to give to faith promise missions for worldwide evangelism. Amen. And if we don't make that commitment, then how can how can the uh, the pastor and the deacons make wise decisions about how many missionaries to support, right? That's why it's important to make commitments. Because how, how are we going to know how, how much money to give a missionary or how many missionaries to take on? Uh, it's by your faith commitment as you make that commitment to the, to the Lord, to the church. So that's talking about giving as far as missions giving. All right. I know this is not the most exciting uh, uh, text and exciting uh, topic in all the world, but this is Bible and we need to know this. Because what happens is in the Christian realm and, and in churches, we get this all mixed up. And we let the world and we let people following the world tell us, well, pastor, I don't need to tithe. That's Old Testament. No, in fact, it's in the New Testament and I'm about to show you where it's at. Right here is talking about missions giving and how missions giving is different than the tithe. Did we have in the bulletin what, what our numbers were last Sunday? And was it Wednesday night or was it today? We think it was today, wasn't it? You should look at the numbers of, of what the offering was last week. The reason I'm bringing that up is not to harp on you, is to, to understand that we need to know the teaching of this. Because if you notice the numbers of our giving last week, we were pushing missions and missions and missions and missions, right? Our missions giving was more than double what it normally is. Praise God. But our tithe was in the basement. You with me? And look at the, look at the bulletin there. What, what happens is we get confused and we think we can borrow from, isn't that Rob? taken from Peter to pay Paul or something like that or whatever. I don't know what that phrase is. But anyways, but what we do is we, we rob God of our tithes so we can give to missionaries or, or we, take, we keep our tithe from the church so we can give to the little hungry children on the television. Be careful. I'm all for feeding children, but I'm for doing it through the local church. Okay, because anybody can be out there raising money, but God said it brings it into my house. Let me be faithful to give my tithe where God wants it to be given. All right, let me be faithful there. Amen. Now, let's go to Hebrews chapter seven. I've held you out long enough. Show me, preacher, where's this at? Hebrews chapter seven. In Hebrews seven, it's going to discuss Melchizedek once again. It's going to talk about how Abraham paid him tithes in the Old Testament. And here God reinstitutes it and puts it, focuses it here on the New Testament. Notice what he says here. This is chapter 7, verse number 1, please. The Bible says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a Tenth part of all. See that? 
It wasn't Melchizedek giving it to, to Abraham. It was Abraham giving it to Melchizedek. First being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Here's the verse I was quoting you. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Look at verse 4. Now consider how great this man was. Catch that statement. Now consider how great this man was. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus Christ. How great thou art. That's my God. That's my Savior right there. Unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. Look, now let's continue here. He, he clarifies this. Don't, don't miss it. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, that's the Levites, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. What he's saying is, Abraham paid God his tithes. But there's in the Old Testament law, he's saying, there's priests that receive those tithes for a time. Now, let's continue. Verse 6. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. Talking about God is the better one here. Melchizedek, Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 8. Watch this now. And here men that die receive tithes. Here, men that die receive tithes. You with me? Okay? We're mortal men. The ushers. Brother Trumpy, are you going to live forever? Well, you mean your soul is, but your body's going to die eventually? Yeah. Because we're mortal. Right? I'm your preacher. And I know. Look, my hair's turning colors. All right? I know this body's going to wear out eventually. I mean, not as fast as John Kidwell's, but you know, understand what I'm saying there. Amen. Amen. All right. He's been falling asleep. I had to wake him up. So, uh, all right, moving on. That we pay tithes for a time to men that are mortal. Look what the rest of the verse says. We pay tithes to men that are mortal. Notice again, verse 8. And here men that die receive tithes. But there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. Who's the one that liveth? Our Savior. So Abraham in the Old Testament paid tithes to Melchizedek, who was Jesus Christ, a picture of Jesus Christ to come. Right? And here we pay tithes to mortal men that receive them in the local church, but it's Jesus who receives them in heaven. That's what he's saying right here. That's clear as day right there. Then New Testament, we pay tithes because Jesus receives them right there. It's not Old Testament law. It was before the law, and it's after the law, and it's Bible right there. Amen? Amen? That's what God is teaching us here. Jesus is the one that receives our tithe. He did in Abraham's day, and he does it now. We exist, it existed before the law. It exists after the law. Of course, Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. Understand that, please. He says he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill it. He came to complete it. Make it full. Make it satisfied. Right? Why don't we have the Sabbath day anymore? Because Jesus is that Sabbath day. I might do some teaching on that. 
where the Jews had a Sabbath in the Old Testament, it was a picture of Jesus to come, and the Bible literally says we have rest in Him. It says that in the book of Hebrews. And I may do some teaching on that later. Go with me to the last place, and then we'll, we'll, we'll be done. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. Tithing is a matter of obedience, and we do that in faith. I do that because I know the Lord's blessing is upon my home when I do it. I can can tell you, listen, my wife and I have been in ministry quite a while now. Not every every day is, is all roses. Sometimes things get a little tight. Sometimes you get slapped with this big old bill, just like in everybody else in the secular world. You get slapped with this big old medical bill or this big old thing, and you're like, amen. I remember the first year I was in ministry. Well, the first year, because I was coming out of the secular world, I had a pretty good tax return. The second year I was in ministry, do you remember? We were about to go on a trip, and the, and the day before I went on the trip, I found out that I owed the government like $1,500. Here I am, uh, just graduated from Bible college a year into ministry, and uh, <laughs> we're making like two cents. Amen? <laughs> oh, the government, $1,500. How in the world did that happen? You know what? I didn't miss my tithe, and I had to figure out how to, how to work the money and what I could take from a little bit of this grocery budget or this little thing, and we figured it out, and we made it happen, and, and God took care of us. God took care of us because if we were faithful, given our tithe first, first, before, before we paid all those bills. I was talking about that this morning. The Bible says, give of the Lord of your first fruits. I don't let the government take, take part of it and then give God some. I don't let the government take part and then, and then I pay all my bills and then I go out and go take my wife to some nice meal and then I pay a tenth on whatever's left. No, no, no. I give God of my first fruits. Because that honors him first. Okay? I used to say, and I said it this morning, I think. And I can see Brother Williams over here chuckling. I said, it's the first check I ever write. And he's going, what's a check? <laughs> I could, I, he didn't say that, but I could just hear him saying that. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, preacher? Amen. And, uh, and so uh, we honor the Lord there. Look, look at Matthew 23. Look at this. Verse 23 of 23. Matthew 23, 23. Look what the Bible says. He's preaching to the Pharisees here, and look what he says. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin, or cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Now, what's he saying here? He says, you're paying tithe on the smallest little things. He's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, you're paying tithe on the tiniest plant and the little leaves that come from that plant. And those leaves were spices and, and flavoring for food. Mint, anise, cumin. I don't understand all that. But they were, they were using, they'd use those for, for flavoring and food. Okay, like spices. He says, you're paying tithe on your spices. But you're missing part of the law. And then notice he says, These ought ye to have done and not to leave, all, leave the other undone. In other words, 
you're doing right with your tithes, but you're also missing another thing that you should be doing. Jesus reiterates here in the New Testament that we are to be people that are tithing to God. He says it in Hebrews and he says it right here in Matthew. And whether you want to take that argument of, well, Matthew's still in the Old Testament law because Jesus hasn't died yet. And we could debate that for, we have it in the book of Hebrews. Amen. Amen. What I'm trying to teach you tonight is not to come in and dump your pocketbooks in the offering plate. What I'm trying to teach you tonight is be obedient where God's asked you to be obedient. Amen. The just shall live by faith and living by faith is obeying God at his word. And we give a tenth of our increase. And then as God allows us and purposes in our heart, as Daniel purposed in his heart, not to eat of the king's meat. As we purpose in our heart, we give above and beyond that for missions and and speaker projects and whatever else. But it would be wrong and disobedient of me to short God on my tithes and give to some special project. Amen? Amen? Like speakers and like missions and like other things. Like buses and building programs and all that. No, let me give my tithe where my tithe is supposed to be gone. Give it. Are you asking a question? Yes, ma'am. That's what I said. I, I tithe off my gross because why do I want to tithe after the government's had their hand in it? I tithe of my first fruits of what, what I get, my, my gross income. And just to make sure, I'll just tell you right here. I'm going to tell you what, my, what, I'm your pastor. I'll tell you what to do. Okay. And I told you we increase a little bit. Now, I don't increase big time as we go. Increase a little bit. Okay. But my wife and I, we give above 10% because we increase it as we go just to make sure that we're covering all the gross too. Be, why? Because I want to be faithful to my God. And my, my Bible says that the more that I give, the more he'll bless. I can't, I can't outgive God. I can't do that. And I know that Lord has blessed the Woolard home big time because we've been faithful in our giving to him. I can tell you that you talk to some of the folks that have been around here a long time. And some of these, uh, some of our young at heart folks that have been doing it much longer than I have. And they'll tell you that God has taken care of them every step of the way because they've been faithful in their tithe. I, I'm telling you, I don't care if you own a business or you're working for someone else or you're doing this or you're doing that. You tithe for God and do it the right way. And some people say, well, when you own a business, you ought to do it this way or do it that. I don't. You do it what's right before you, but before God. Amen? And tithe and get blessed by, that tithe, by the Lord for that tithe. And that's Bible, and that's what God teaches us here. And it's a matter of obedience. It's not a matter of, let me put it over here for a time because he's talking about missions. Or let me do this because he's talking about speakers. Or let me do this because that little kid's hungry. Or let me do that because of that. I just personally choose to not give my money to every program out in the world. I choose to give my money through the local church where I know God will bless it and be used for what's right. Because I don't know when I give it to Walmart or I give it to some other store that's raising money to save the whales. God bless whales. But I don't know really how much of that money is going to help a whale named Willie or whatever. Old school. Okay, uh, how do I get on that? I don't know. 
Amen. Okay, but listen here. Listen here. I want to be faithful and obedient to my God. So as your pastor, I choose to live in faith and obey and let him bless me along the way. Trying to teach my children that. And I'm trying to do that, and I'm trying to teach you what the Bible says about that. Let's pray together. Lord, help us tonight, and thank you for uh, this, this scripture here that clarifies what we're supposed to do and as we faithfully give to you. And Lord, I pray now as we have this invitation that, Lord, if, if we need to work some things out, we need to just give this to the Lord. May we put our pride aside. May we not worry about where, what everybody else is doing. And may, Lord, we as individuals and as husband and wives and as families determine that we're going to be faithful no matter what because we pay our tithes to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that you'd help us, please. We thank you. We love you. I'm going to ask you to stand tonight, please. And the altar's open. Let's use it. And let's say, Lord, I'm going to...